All right, how are you got problems with this thing? All right, here it comes back up. We're good. Well, first of all, I'd like to give you an update. In December the 4th of that week, I just got my acceptance letter last Thursday that I finally was accepted and for that week. But it's been a miracle through that God has actually answered because I was late actually filling out my papers. I was a day late signing up. So when I signed up, I actually signed up for to be deputized in June. And it wasn't two days later that they called me up and asked me to come in, come on in in December. But according to do, but to do that, we I had to go through a lot of tests. I've actually been a doctor more in the last three weeks than I have probably have been my whole life. <laughs> but they have to have, as far as the physical, they also have to have a chest x-ray, an EKG, and they got to check all this other stuff which I have never had checked before. And they found out I had blood pressure, which I kind of knew that problem because everybody in my family has it, and plus I'm a fat boy, so that kind of comes with it. But they got that under control. And I finally turned all those papers in, so I got one more doctor's appointment to go to turn all that in, well, as far as the EKG and the chest x-ray. But everything's right now looks really clear and I've already been accepted for for December and when I get there I don't know much of what I have to go through but one thing is they tell us that you when you get ready for a questionnaire because they have 25 other pastors that comes in on Tuesday and they get you get standing in front of them they get asked questions so that's yeah, gonna be a little rough but that's that's a part of it and I'm glad I get the opportunity to serve God the way, way he's allowing me to do it. Well, the, the message I'm going on is actually found in Daniel chapter 1. And the great thing about Daniel, it's kind of like the revelations of the Old Testament. He's the one that tells when Christ is actually coming. But in this, story, this part, I I'm, I'm uh, have the um, sermon as standing up for what is right. I'd like to pray before we get going, and we'll get right into the message then. Right. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful opportunity you've given us to be here. And Lord, thank you for this, for um, your word and your son dying for us. And Lord, thank you for um, everybody coming tonight. And please let this message be a blessing to, to these people, but especially to you. Lord, Give me out of the way and let you speak through me. And thank you for tonight in your name. Amen. amen. All right. We're starting on verse 5. And it says, And the king anointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of wine which he drank so nourished them three years that at the end therefore they might stand before the king. Now among these were of the children of Judah, Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah, unto whom the prince of the Enoch gave names for, he gave unto Daniel the name of Belshazzar, and to Hananiah of Shadrach, and Michelle of Meshach, and to Azariah of Abednego. 
But Daniel's purpose in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested of the prince of the enix that he might not defile himself. The first thing we look at on here is the royal food, which is in verse 5. This meal had to be extraordinary. It was fit for a king. I mean, this meal was had to be big. I mean, and these these three were actually just slaves that were brought out of Judah. But there's one thing that this meal actually shows is that good representative. It's the world. Everything in the world actually looks great. It looks exciting. We go into it. We see everything that entertains us, and there's not, and it seems like everything in this world is possible to us. So we're basically can fill up on anything in this world that we want to. The second part of this we see was the king's meal was fulfilling, and the part of this verse that so nourished them three years. What we see is they're feeding them, they're getting nourished for three years. But if we look at this in the world, we can go out in the world and have a great time, but it's short-lived. You know, we, we fulfill ourselves with a lot of stuff. We could choose which, where we work at, where we provide for our families. You know, we could go and scroll through Facebook as long as we want, and no one's going to say anything to us. We go hunting or fishing or boating. I mean, there's a lot of stuff we fulfill ourselves into this world. But another thing I see is the king had other intentions. It says in, at the end of verse 5, it says, At the end, therefore, they might stand before the king. So this whole part of keeping them um, well-fed and nutrients is so they will follow him and worship him. The world is no different. It, most of the things in this world is actually made for us to actually start following that. And we enjoy the things that God has provided for us. But there's also a big issue when we take these glories that we, that we use and put them in front of him. And we see this a lot of times. We'll see people on Sunday morning with their boats on the back of their trucks and they're not going to church, I can tell you that much. Because I've never seen a church in the middle of a lake. It'd be cool if I'd seen one, but I've never had. But there's things that we see that's short-lived in this life. It's because the devil's got a hold of us when we start living with the world, instead of living with God. And Daniel's seen this. And Daniel had a response to this. And this is the second point we're making. It's in verse 8. It said the and the first part is the king's meal wasn't for Christians. He's, and Daniel said he would not defile himself with the portions of the king's food, nor with the wine that which he drank. This meat that Nebuchadnezzar had was partially sacrificed to the, to the pagans. Well, they did after they finished serving the, their pagan gods, that what was left went to the king. And this is what they were serving these people, these slaves with. And this is what they call the king's meat, was actually food sacrificed to the, king, to the pagan gods. And Daniel had no part of this. He was not going to have no part of this. But just like in the world today, there's 
stuff that we need to take a stand on, not participate in. Just like Daniel did. Daniel's um, thing was kind of simple. He said, I didn't want to eat it, but but our stuff, it, it can be toughy. I mean, because sometimes your boss is probably going to ask you to work on Sundays. So you're going to obey him or obey God because it's basically the same principle we're working here. Because anything that we put in front of God is actually becoming our God. The next part of this, this is Daniel's request towards the, the king's meal. He requested of the prince of the Enix that he might defile himself. See, this part, Daniel was, was actually saying he didn't want to eat the meat. He didn't want to drink his wine. only thing he wanted to do was basically eat a salad and drink water. He knew that this meal, this meat was actually deal for pagans. But he didn't do it, and God actually honored him for it. And when we follow God instead of following the world, he'll honor us too. And the third response is God's response to Daniel. And we'll see this in verse 17. And it says, As for those four children, God gave them knowledge and skills and learning and wisdom. And Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. Verse 19 says, And the king communed with them, and among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. Therefore stood they before the king. We see right here in verse 17, God blessed them with knowledge and skills and learning just by denying the, the king's meat. And he gave Daniel some of the, one of the best gifts ever. I mean, we might not think it's a good gift, but he was able to visualize all dreams and is able to interpret them. But we got the same thing. Once we start following God instead of following the world, He'll bless us too. There's so much in this world that takes our eyes off of God. And we need to stop being those, that way. We need to stop being like the rest of the people in our nation. Because last the statistic I read, Christianity is about 51% of Americans now. About 10 years ago, it was about 89%. So we're dropping off like flies. And how do we fix that problem? Also, the way I know how to fix that is stand up for what we believe in. Another thing we see in verse 19, God's children was always stand out. And it says, among them all was found none like Daniel, Hananiah, Michelle, and Azariah. When you follow God, you're going to stand out. And a lot of times, it's not the way you want to. You're going to be that guy that says, that when you go to work, they say, well, you need to be quiet around here. You know what he is? Which I'm glad they do that. Right now at work, they usually call me Pastor Rob, which I don't know why, but I tell them I'm not there yet. But that's what they ask. And one guy comes over every morning now and says, what's the good word today? So now i got to look up stuff in the morning to figure out what to tell me that. <laughs> which is a great thing because... It might be the only way he's getting the word into him. But we need to be that type of person. We need to take a stand for what's right. 
We have the same problem with the world today. We see the devil's presence everywhere. And it's getting worse every day. And it keeps sneaking in everywhere we look. You know, we see fornication come across our TVs. Or we'll hear the, for Planned Parenthood over the radio. I mean, why? Or we'll go to, driving through Stanton downtown and on the courthouse they got the um, gay marriage chants going on. I'm going, can't y'all just go home? I mean, and this is the new normal, which to me it's not normal. To me, it's, there's nothing there that can be normal about that. And we need to take a stand against this. Because to be honest with you, if we say it's okay and your kids see, sees that you think it's all right, that generation's gone. And it's all about what we get taught. If you look, if you actually think about Daniel and his three friends, before they were slaves, before they were captured, their parents had to teach them what was right and wrong. And we got to do the same thing with, with the younger generation or we're lost. We're, we're done, which is kind of hard to, it's a big shoe to fill, but it's a necessary shoe we have to fill. And the, the biggest thing I see, reason why we're doing this, because a lot of Christians today, they want to live like the world Monday through Friday, then Sunday morning they want to drag out of bed and put their best on and act like they're saints, which is a big problem. Because then you got people up there going, well, they act just like me, and they go to the same places I do, so why should I act any different? Answer, it's rough to see that, but it's killing what we are trying to build, especially when we're trying to be a light in this world. And you know what? And there's a couple of examples I've seen that where God still blesses people that stands up for these people against what the devil is trying to put down. For one instance... Anybody know who Jake, I mean, Jack Phillips is? He's actually a baker in Colorado. He was, a, he was the one that wouldn't bake a cake for a transgender wedding. But if you, if I read up on him um, last night because I just want to know more about him. His business after that tripled in size. So that's telling me that God has actually took him from standing up for something simple as not making a cake which everybody else said, well, that'd be fine. We're just making some money. But he said, no, I'm not going to do this. And his business has tripled. Or there's another, um, there's a lady owner that owns this company called BMS. And during the Obama administration, she dropped the insurance because they had to um, have insurance that covered um, the plan B, which basically is abortion and appeal. And she dropped it. She said she ain't going to, her and her company is not going to be dealing with this. Well, I can't find no more on this company. But I know she paid her fines. I know the company's still going. Because the baker was actually fined for what he did because they said it was unconstitutional, which I don't see nothing wrong with what he did. And the lady from BMS, they said she had to pay like a $35,000 fine to the government. Because of what she, because she dropped the insurance completely because the plan because she didn't want to support something that would kill babies, which she stood up for the right thing, and they still were getting blessed because they're still in business, 
Or here's the biggest one I see that gets blessed is, how about Chick-fil-A? They're closed on Sundays. They're a third the size of KFC. They make three times as much a year than KFC. And they make more money than all your pizza chains put together. And that's telling me that God's blessing them for just, just, just closing on Sunday. So when we stand up for stuff, God's still going to bless us. And he still got his hand on us. But this is what we, this is what all of us is have to, is going to have to do if we want to see tomorrow, see the light of tomorrow be the same as today. Well, I know the message is short, but I wasn't actually even going to go on this. I was actually going to teach on why we are Baptists, and I got halfway through it, and this came on my heart, and I don't know why. So I just said it. I just put it down. So I'm going to pray, and we'll get right into our business meeting. Dear Lord, thank you for this wonderful opportunity you gave me to speak to everybody. And Lord, please let this message help someone in here. I know it was a blessing to me, and I hope it glorified you. And Lord, thank you for everything that you have given us. In your name, amen.